Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Cyber CFO, the show for business owners from an entrepreneurial chief financial officer. Here's your host, Michael Barbarita. Welcome everyone, my name is Michael Barbarita and the name of my company is Next Step CFO where I help companies improve cash flow and increase profits through the use of tools and strategic planning and I'm also the Cyber CFO and the host of this show. And today I want to talk about employees. To me, since payroll is one of the four major expenses to a business, the fewer employees I have, including what I consider to be the best scenario, zero employees, the better. However, I know I'm not speaking realistically as most all businesses do need employees. But when you're starting a business that needs employees, having an employee plan is critical. And this means knowing the type of employees you need, knowing the skills that are needed, knowing how available those skills are in the the employee marketplace, knowing the salary range of these employees, knowing how much you're going to attract, knowing how you are going to attract the best people whether it's through salary, whether it's through benefits, uh, whether it's through working conditions, and knowing the turnover of people in that specific industry. And if you have to have employees in your business, do they require any special skills? Because I once started an outpatient clinic, and since it was a medical clinic, there were many employees that required special skills. And these employees were really hard to find. Uh, because this particular skill set was, was, was hard to find. And since these employees were hard to find, guess what happens to their market value? That's right, their market value increases. They also need big company benefits. And these situations increase the cash outlay and the investment and reduce your chances of success, especially if you're just starting out. And I like staying away from these situations where special employees are required. And then you've got to consider another angle relative to employees. I wouldn't go into business where the value of the business depends upon the salespeople. Whereby if the salespeople leave, they take their business with them. There's many businesses and industries like that. And you've got to be careful and really, really think about that situation. There are businesses where the salespeople in the organization have developed all the relationships with the customers. So when these salespeople leave, and go to a competitor, guess where the business that these salespeople develop goes? That's right, to the competitor. Now there are two ways to minimize this impact. One is called a non-compete agreement. Now having employees in these situations, uh, when you have employees in these situations, yes, you have to sign non-compete agreements available and you must have them sign them. That way they'll not be able to take the business elsewhere for a period of at least one year. There are many court cases that go both ways on this issue, and that's why I don't like these situations. Sometimes the non-compete agreements hold up in court, and sometimes they don't. However, if you look at this situation statistically, I think you'll find that 
the test of time shows that non-compete agreements have proven to be an effective barrier of the employee to compete. Because also when you think about it, uh, if the employee thinks they might win, uh, e even if they think they might, the employee thinks they might win, they don't like incurring the legal fees and dealing with the lawsuits and the going to court and the depositions and the production of documents and all that kind of stuff that goes with, with these situations. Now, the business owner doesn't like that either. And that's another reason why I, stay, I try to stay away from these types of businesses where the employee can actually hold you hostage because they're the salesperson, they developed all the relationships. Now the second way to minimize this impact of having the employee kind of run the show or direct the situation is the business owner needs to take responsibility to develop the relationships with the customers. A business owner should not let their salespeople be the only one to develop the relationships with their customers. The business owner needs to piggyback on the salespeople to let the customer know who the business owner is and develop their own relationships with those customers. The business owner needs to condition the customer to know that the customer is a customer of the business and not a customer of the salesperson. If the business owner does this and develops the relationships with the customers, then when the employee leaves, at least the business owner has that relationship with the customer and has a higher probability of keeping that business. So the rule of thumb should be when you have businesses with employee salespeople in this situation is number one, all new employees sign non-compete agreements at the beginning of their employment. And if you already have employees who are salespeople that can take their business elsewhere, see if you can get them to sign a non-compete agreement now. I'm sure that will be difficult. So if not, get out there and develop your own relationships with your customers. When we come back from our 80-second break, I will talk to you about choosing a contract manufacturer. We'll be right back. Attention retailers, do you need to improve cash flow and profitability? Do you need to get a better idea of what's going to happen next week, next month, or even next year? What if you could manage your business with just five or six key statistics to improve profitability? Would you like to have an experienced chief financial officer on your staff that over a period of a year costs you less than $10 per day? My name is Michael Barberita from Next Step CFO, where I have developed a program designed just for retailers called the Retailer's Stimulus Package. It doesn't matter where you are in the country, as the Retailer's Stimulus Package is a virtual CFO program, but with a personal touch and personal contact. This program takes my seven years of owning an $8 million retail operation, coupled with my chief financial officer background and expertise, to help the retailer maximize profitability. To get started, it's an easy three-step process. Step one, give me a call at 781-326-3822. Step two is a free consultation as you tell me about your business. Step three, I do the rest. The Retailer's Stimulus Package will improve the performance and profitability of your business. That number again is 781-326-3822 or find us online at nextstepcfo.net. Okay, we are back. Now, if you need to manufacture the, a product, it's best to start out with a contract manufacturer. And the reason is, there's no need to build manufacturing facilities and buy expensive equipment for an unproven product. 
Make sure you spend enough time in finding the right contract manufacturer. It really can make or break you. And you will find that it is time well spent. And you'll also find that contract manufacturers are not that easy to find. Now I'm going to give you a list of things to look for in a contract manufacturer. And one of the first things, and, and by the way, this is not in any particular order, but certainly one of the first things you need to know is do they have the capacity and the manufacturing time to do at least 20% more than the projected sales volumes and production volumes that you anticipate. If your contract manufacturer does not have the capacity, then what happens if your product is successful? You have to at least know that if your product is a, a smashing success, you're able to uh, use the contract manufacturer beyond just the initial production. And you know, obviously having backup manufacturers in place, uh, contract manufacturers in place, is also a very good idea, especially once you get one in place. The next, the next issue or thing to ask is uh, whether their prices are, are where, where you need them to be competitive. You know, it doesn't, doesn't do you much good if the contract manufacturer is perfect in every other way, and then all of a sudden you find out that uh, they're not allowing you to be competitive in the marketplace because their pricing is too high or their manufacturing process is too inefficient for you to get pricing that you need in order for you to compete in the market. Also, make sure you do plenty of test runs to make sure they can complete your entire product line with the quality that you're looking for. Actually, to me, the ideal scenario is that the contract manufacturer that you find doesn't compete with you in the same industry and really doesn't know how to make your product specifically. Therefore, you need to do multiple test runs to make sure that the contract manufacturer can make the product to your specifications. Also, does the contract manufacturer have storage? And if you need, you know, do they have storage to store your finished goods? And if not, how far is your storage facility from the contract manufacturer? And does your contract manufacturer have the shipping capabilities? You know, they need, they need to get the product to your storage facility. They need to have the, the shipping capabilities to move the product from their manufacturing facility to your storage facility. And also, they need to have room to stock your finished goods, even if it's just for a day or a period of, you know, a day or two. They need to have the, the room, the warehouse space, the warehouse storage, to stock your finished goods. So that's another consideration. Does the contract manufacturer have all the equipment? And if not, you either have to negotiate with the contract manufacturer to buy the equipment, for them to buy the equipment, or you have to buy or lease the equipment, either way. And normally if, you're, if, you're if you have experience in manufacturing the product, the contract manufacturer would be more likely to lease or buy the equipment themselves versus you starting out for the first time. Uh, in all likelihood, in, those, in that scenario, you'll have to buy or lease the equipment. And what about if the equipment needs to be upgraded? Who will, who, will, who, will, who will bear that expense? Will it be the contract manufacturer or will it be you? And at that point, that could be a negotiation point if sales are going well. If the production, if the production is up, meeting your projections and sales are going well, then the contract manufacturer might very well upgrade the equipment if it's needed. Uh, or then, if not, then of course you're going to have to if you feel that the upgrade is necessary. And is the contract manufacturer a competitor of yours? I mean, to me, the ideal situation is when the contract manufacturer makes similar products 
but not your product. And even if they are not competitors, whether they are or, they, or they're not, you still need to get uh, a non-disclosure and non-compete agreement prepared and signed so that you're protected so that they will not compete against you or steal any of your proprietary information, formulas, processes, and the like. Also, in terms of the contract manufacturer, what is their quality control like? I mean, everyone makes mistakes, so if they produce a bad product, will they be able to identify the production batch and isolate the problem? It's really important. One time I, had, I was, ma I was ma making frozen cookie dough, and uh, one of my customers called me up and found a nail in the frozen dough, in, the, in a one-gallon bucket of frozen cookie dough. They found a nail. And... Uh, now, like I said, everyone makes mistakes, and boy, you certainly don't want to get into that situation. Thank God no one got hurt or anything, but the customer informed me that there was a nail in the batter as he was putting it on the pan to bake it. And uh, in that situation, my contract manufacturer uh, asked what the uh, production code was on the bottom of the bucket. And when I got the production code, we were able to go back and see what happened in that particular, at that partic in that particular situation, as to why a nail and how a nail could get into the cookie dough, so it's important that your contract manufacturer has a system in place so they can identify production batches and isolate problems. Another another uh, uh, issue relative to contract manufacturers is: Are their turnaround times acceptable? I mean, if you need an, a, an emergency production run for customers, can they do it? I mean, there were times when I was in the cookie dough business, and like I said, I did have a contract manufacturer, that I needed stuff, like, right away, because we had situations where certain customers were extremely successful with the product, and they needed more product immediately. And my contract manufacturer had the wherewithal, the capacity, the, the organization skills, the people, in order to react that quickly and make the product within a moment's notice when, when high production demands were pressed upon me. So that's, a, that's another very critical, important element in finding a contract manufacturer. So these are the questions you must ask when searching for a contract manufacturer to make your product. And, and these, you know, these, are, these can be great relationships that can last for years. And, but it's important to really get these details down relative to finding a contract manufacturer. So that is it for today. I hope you found the show useful and informative. And once again, if you have any questions on this show or any other show, please feel free to call me. My number is 781-326-3822. And until next time, this is the Cyber CFO signing off and bidding you a good day. Thank you for listening to the Cyber CFO. And remember, any rebroadcast or other use of this program or material without the express written permission of Michael Barbarita and Next Step CFO is strictly prohibited. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Ch -ch 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 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.